Chapter 15 Someone looks pretty rough this morning, Gail commented. Her face appeared to Sean through a squint. Bright light split through his lids and burned his eyes like cinders. His normally perfect vision was displaying a slightly watery version of his second mother, Gail, the mariner. He attempted to exhale, abruptly holding it before the air could completely escape his lungs. He placed his hand on top of his head, groaning in pain. Someone feels really rough. My head hurts when I breathe. He paused to swallow, but the cotton mouth he was experiencing would not allow him the luxury of saliva. Even my hair hurts. Darn morning after flu anyway, Gail said with a smile. He tried to gently clear his throat, but the grimace on his face exposed his lack of success. Lying on the living room couch, he was not quite certain how he'd arrived in this location. He looked up at Gail, who continued to wear a facetious smile upon her face. Well, I guess I didn't make it to my bed, Sean uttered weakly. No, she answered. Suppose you didn't, although I figured you were probably lucky to have made it to the sofa. What time is it? It's 8.35. Thought you might want some breakfast. As long as it's preceded by a couple of aspirins, he uttered. He suddenly realized he was wearing nothing except his underwear. He reached down quickly and snatched his jeans from the carpeted floor. He clutched his head as he popped back up vertically, then quickly pulled his jeans on from a seated position as he spoke. I have to get over to the plaza. I'm doing some work for Evan Kershaw. <clears throat> I have to put some finishing touches on the interior of a new stories building. You are a jack of all trades, Gail commented. Do whatever it takes to pay the bills, he responded flatly, thinking of how he struggled to maintain his household finances over the past two months while Jennifer refused to work. Gail giggled. <laughs> That's what your head needs, the nice sound of a pounding hammer. You're a little sadistic when someone's in pain. He peered up at her through a squint and a smile. His hand gripped the back of his neck in hopes of alleviating some of the tension in his head. I'm only sadistic because you inflicted it upon yourself. I don't have a headache this morning. Of course, I was not drinking till God knows when. You should feel fortunate I didn't wake you up by banging two pans together. Well, thanks for the small favor, I guess. Sean paused, remembering a very important detail regarding this morning. I had asked June Eckley to gather some clothes and toiletries from my house. Did she happen to drop them off? Her daughter Angela did, Gail replied, as she exited the living room in the direction of the kitchen. I put your things up on the bed that I prepared for you. You remember, the bed that you never quite made it to last night? By the way, I love those lobster boxer shorts you're wearing. Very sexy. Sean laughed, shaking his head ever so gently at Gail's candid charm. I'll have to call Angela and June to thank him. He rose from the couch and stumbled slightly as he made his way toward the staircase. The Honeybrook Plaza was located east of town on a section of Route 322 called Horseshoe Pike. Sean steered his light blue wide bed pickup truck with the words Bergen Landscaping on the driver's door into the first entrance. The front of the truck bore the black attachment rack for the snowplow. Stains of road salt and dirt covered the body beyond each tire. Inside, a travel mug of Gale's coffee was secured in a cup holder in the middle of the console. The enticing scent of Columbia's finest blended with the smell of gasoline and exhaust fumes that permeated the cab of the old truck. It was a blend of smells that Sean had become accustomed to until they were nearly comforting to him. The landscaping business had created its own problems for Sean. However, it also provided a refuge from the pressures of home.
He drove around to the rear entrance and parked the truck. Grabbing his coffee mug, he hopped down from his vehicle and entered the large brown metal door that had been placed in the middle of the concrete block building. The door opened into a large rectangular vacant room with an entrance hallway placed slightly to the right of the far wall. The drywall crew had finished the day before. Protective plastic was still strewn about the smooth concrete floor with remnants of joint compound tubs, putty knives, and sanding tools. Sean walked through the aperture which led into a ten-foot-long hallway. The smells of fresh-cut pine filled his nostrils. At the end of the hallway, the walls opened up into a spacious storefront, which contained three more adjacent rooms. A long room with dividers protruded from the front section of the wall to his right, while two other rooms were located in the corners of the rear of the storefront. The store was lit by a few overhanging fluorescent lights and the sun, which entered through a large display window at the store's front. The three men were surveying the building's interior as Sean entered. Evan Kershaw, the owner of the plaza, appeared to be giving the two other men a brief tour of his latest creation. One of the men was Dylan Lucas, who had come over from his pharmacy located on the far side of the plaza. Dylan was an average height with lean torso. His blonde hair was cut short, disguising the swirling natural curl it possessed. His heart-shaped face bore large blue eyes as its distinctive feature. He was wearing a white dress shirt with a striped tie under an equally white lab coat. The third man elicited the biggest surprise. Sean walked up behind the husky man whose face bore the same handsome, rugged features with a few more lines and creases. Don't tell me I have to deal with you critiquing my work all day, Sean jibbed. His brother Neil and the other two men turned to face Sean as he walked casually up to them. Hey, little brother. Neil responded in a welcoming tone. Few items were missing on Dylan's last order, so I thought I'd drop him off myself. Neil now managed the same paper supply company that he had worked for as a teen. I heard Evan had a temporary lapse in judgment and hired you to do some interior work. Sean's the best in town, Evan intervened on Sean's behalf. I don't know why he wastes his time on landscaping. He could be making a fortune in construction. Sean arrived at his brother's side and took his hands, staring at him with a gratified smile on his dimpled face. You see? I have fans outside my family. Neil pulled Sean closer with his handshake and leaned in towards Sean's ear. I heard about you and Jennifer separating. You okay? Yeah, thanks, bro. I'll, I'll be fine. If you need anything, call me. You should be calling me more often than you do anyway, Neil added with a firm look of concern. Are you going to the pub tonight? Dylan asked Sean. I don't know. I had a really good time there last night. Clear up to the point where I woke up this morning, Sean responded. You have to come. Tonight is Mincy's birthday party, Neil added. Like I want to put up with Mincy, Sean commented with a chuckle. Nevin Mincemore was more obnoxious sober than most people were drunk. Anything that entered Mincy's mind was prospect for vocalization. Mincy made enough money to get by, although no one was certain how. They could never determine the truth from the lies. Mincy had never made an honest dollar in his life. No, it's going to be funny. Come on, Sean. We can watch him get shit-faced and throw up all over himself, Dylan pleaded. Besides, he put up the first $200 for beer. Well, in that case, I'll be there, Sean conceded. All right, I think it starts at 8. I'll see you there at 7, Dylan continued. If I'm going to attend that asshole's party, I want to be there for my share of the first $200. I have to get back to the store, Neil said. I'll see you tonight. Neil placed a hand firmly on Sean's shoulder as he stared at his younger brother with loving regard. Okay? Sean smiled. I'll be there. I uh, have to get going too, Evan chimed in before reminding Sean what he wanted done. I didn't count on my memory, so... I kept the list you made me, Sean responded. Dylan watched as the other two men exited before turning his attention to Sean. I missed you at my annual Super Bowl party. was really hoping you'd show. 
I, I'm sorry, Sean explained. Things have been pretty tense at the house. I, I was afraid to leave. Pittsburgh and Minnesota put on a good show. I thought for certain that Pennsylvania would win a title, Dylan added. I guess Minnesota's offense was just too much for him, Sean commented, making small talk. He enjoyed being with Dylan and needed his friendship now more than ever. You and I should be out on that football field, Dylan commented. Okay, maybe not me, but you should have been. When we played in high school, nobody hit as hard as you did. You were the best linebacker in the state. I remember you hit that one kid from Central. He would not get up. He just lay there and cried. I can still hit pretty hard, Sean announced, but the difference now is that you hear my bones popping. I know what you mean on that one. My shoulder aches like hell when the weather gets bad. It's a good thing I have access to painkillers, Sean chuckled. You had a good arm. If it wasn't for that shoulder separation, you might have pulled down a scholarship. Thanks. Dylan accepted the compliment blandly. I enjoy being a pharmacist. Doesn't hurt as much. Those were great times. Not a care in the world. I don't know what the hell happened. I can't even begin to imagine how you must feel. Dylan gripped Sean's arm. Listen, if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you, okay? You know that, don't you? I know. You need to let those emotions go. Don't let them get bottled up inside. Something like that, I can eat a man alive. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate the offer. You sleeping okay? Dylan asked. I can get you some Ambien if you need it. That'll help you sleep. No, I, I'm okay. Two men stood quiet for a few moments, lost for what to say next. At last, Dylan broke the silence. Well, guess I better let you get to work. I need to get back to the pharmacy. Sick people in this town, and I have the drugs to fix them. Sean watched his friends exit through the front door. He sighed, wishing the conversation could have lasted longer. He could tolerate Mincy's annex as long as Dylan was at the party. Placing his coffee on the floor, he grabbed his tape measure and began taking readings of the doorway of the interior rooms.